Well. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a special early morning episode of Gaming in Real Life. John, why are we recording first thing in the morning? Things didn't go as planned, did they? No. And we made a promise. It's true. We made a promise to you, the listeners. Yeah, so we uh, were, we were up very late last night, as you sometimes do at conventions, playing Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. with two expansions. It was intense. Yes. <laughs> and as a result, we we're bringing this to you first thing in the morning. But I want to focus so, on what were my standout games of the day oh, really no doubt. quickly. Because I... Battlestar Galactic was fine. I'm just going to put it out there. It wasn't my favorite. <laughs> I, think, I think for the time invested, um, perhaps it's not quite worth it. But I also... Playing for the first time with expansions was very intense. So... I mean, I'd have to give it another shot to know for sure. I, I do think that that first playthrough was very much hampered by the fact that it's a pretty it's a pretty weighty game anyway. It's not terrible, but there's just a lot of stuff in it. But then with we had what three or four expansions tacked on. Uh, I thought it was just two, but maybe three. Um. Well, and in, in any case, it's just one of those things that you take a game that's already a bit weighty and just add a lot more little exceptions and new rules and lots of stuff to reference and yeah. That, yeah. It took a long time. We started at 9 p.m. and we got back at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> and I'm never trusting you again. Oh, that's fair. I went silent <laughs> the entire time. I cannot tell when you are lying. That works really well for me. <laughs> I, I, I seem to just implicitly trust you and you, you continually take... Well, no, no, don't react like that. <laughs> <laughs> because you continually oh. abuse my trust. Yeah, well, I do seem to be disproportionately frequently a traitor. Like, even when I play Spyfall, I swear I'm the spy, like, 70% of the time. I don't know what's going on there. But I want to focus on what was probably my standout game of the day, which was the first game we played yesterday, Last Friday. That was my standout game as well. Ha! Tell us about Last Friday. Last Friday is a hidden movement game, very much in the game of, in the vein of Letters from Whitechapel, uh, but unlike Letters from Whitechapel and a lot of other hidden movement games that we've seen, there's a back and forth. So there's a maniac on the loose in a summer camp, mm-hmm. trying to hunt them down and kill them, you know, as they do. But after the first chapter, where the maniac hunts the campers, the campers turn around and start to hunt the maniac. And then in the third chapter, the maniac is trying to hunt a specific camper while the other campers try to shield and protect him. Well, and by specific camper, we mean the maniac is actually trying to get revenge on the camper who killed the maniac. And that's such a... What a great twist. I love that the game just plays into... The game pretty safely assumes that regardless of strategy, you're going to have a petty grudge against the player who last murdered you. Mm. And it just totally plays into that, and it makes a mission out of it. It was incredibly atmospheric. Um, I think that it completely topples Letters from Whitechapel. If I had Last Friday in my collection, I don't think I would reach for Letters from Whitechapel again. Yeah, I remember playing Letters from Whitechapel, and I, I had a good time with it, but what I didn't find it was tense. And I gather it was very tense for you, Yes, but the great thing about Last Friday is it really lets everybody be tense because everybody has a chance to be hunted and to hunt, and the scary theme, it just feels more 
visceral in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was right behind you as the maniac and I had to show where I was because there was a lantern, the person across the table shrieked. (laughs) How many times does that happen in a game? It was a wonderful moment. I really loved that one. Well, and I, yeah, that, this is the, the the shifting dynamic, everybody having a chance to be afraid. It, it really just works so well. It, um, it manages to both cleverly fix a lot of the issues with a lot of other hidden movement games and it does it in a way that just makes a much more complex much more layered story out of it um because yeah that was a great moment and i feel like that's the kind of thing that you tell stories about absolutely well we already discussed our standout game is there anything else that really loomed large in your mind from yesterday i mean i really quite liked uh i really quite liked most of what we played um of the ones we played, I think, of the other ones we played, I either most enjoyed Ink and Gold or Arkham Horror, the card game. Oh, yeah. Um, Those are two very different games. Do you they, want to introduce well, they, them? They really are. So, okay, Arkham Horror, the card game, is a living card game, which, right away, I absolutely love those. I'm an avid Netrunner player. I play the Game of Thrones card game as well. I stuck with the Star Wars one far longer than made sense. Um, and the Lord of the Rings one. I have a problem. And Ashes Rise of the Phoenix War. I, I really like card games. Um, but I also really like Lovecraft and it marries those two themes beautifully. It's a cooperative one, so it still has that customizable card game thing of you build your decks before the game from a set of ever-expanding cards. But then you play those decks through a campaign of different missions, and your decisions in one game will impact what happens in the next, both in terms of what happens in the story, but also because you will gain both good cards representing allies you've recruited or uh, items you've found, and bad cards representing the trauma that comes with seeing the the supernatural horrors of the world of Lovecraft. And, um, yeah, I thought the game was very well written. It had a lot of scary ideas. But the flavor text was great. It was. It was. I, 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 I really do feel like Fantasy Flight's in-house writing has just gotten better. Well, and they know Lovecraft so well at this point. <laughs> I hope have, that they've gotten better at it. They've made a lot of Lovecraft games. But it also just does that thing that Netrunner does this for me too where just by the combination of you know card games are wonderful one of the main reasons I love card games are because a random hand of cards forces improvisation which is just great Um, I very enjoy that much dynamic but they balance that out with a very flexible action system if you need a card you can always spend an action to draw a card if you need resources you can always spend an action to just get resources so the game never forces you to make a particular choice but it does make it instead it just shifts the balances of what's efficient and that means your decisions are always interesting and it's just such a delightful puzzle for someone like me who is not as serious of a lovecraft fan as you are and who doesn't gravitate toward guard games as frequently i certainly enjoyed myself but if I were going to pick out a Lovecraft game, it would be Mansions of Madness every time because I love the toys. I love how atmospheric it is. They they do a little different things for me. Well, and for me personally, I, I had to honestly make the same decision. Um, partly because the games, I think they're both great. And I wish Mansions of Madness had had a similar campaign feature. Mm-hmm. I still cannot fathom why they didn't. 
Um, Mansions had to win out for me because it's the one my wife likes. Well, there uh, you go. <laughs> I did quite enjoy Ink and Gold, though. Oh, I thought was it was super a fun. really sweet little push-your-luck game. Gosh, it couldn't have been more than 20 minutes for us with three people. Um, you're exploring a temple, and there are dangerous things along the way, but there are also the opportunities to get gems and artifacts, which are worth money. Mm-hmm. And the further you go into the tent, the more likely you'll be able to keep everything that you find. Um, but if you run away, you can take what was left on the path behind, but only if you're the only person to run away at the same time. Better blackjack is how I would describe it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> In fact, no, I, I, I seem to remember because you deal... Uh, you have a deck of cards that's both full of treasure and hazards that you deal out, and I think it's, I think we eventually just started playing hit, saying hit me as we went on. Yeah. So, <laughs> which which was delightful. John got incredibly lucky at one point. I got, played well. You <laughs> did play well, but you also drew a really good gem right, card that right. you had to keep all to yourself, and by the end of it, I was just like, I'm going to go on no matter what, because I knew I was the only chance I would have to win. I died spectacularly, but it was a really great moment. That glory run at the end was something to behold, because before you hit that final hazard, you were almost there. I know. And you were pulling some big treasure cards. I know it. Like, you, this was... So in this game, you draw cards off of a deck, and there are treasure amounts ranging between like a pitiful two and the whopping 20 and different hazard cards i think there's five, five different cards. five different kinds of hazards three of each in the deck and mm-hmm. the rule is if you draw two copies of the same hazard then you die and just drop all of your treasure or you lose and just drop all of your treasure and so it really gives you the first time you see a particular kind of hazard it doesn't kill you. Instead, it just kind of changes your calculation. And in this really kind of predictable but interesting way, because you can definitely run the odds in your head pretty predictably, but you're not just weighing it against how far you can go. You're weighing it against what you need to get and how far behind you are, which this is one of, this is a really clever thing that they could have very easily not have thought of. You never know how much money anybody else has, because you hide, when you get your money, you hide it in a little cardboard tent. Which is so cute and thematic. I loved it. <clears throat> yeah, I we were talking about whether you needed ink and gold, um, which also is called diamant, I believe, because um, I think without the artifact cards, there's there's different versions of this game. Oh, I think you would want the artifact cards, though. I loved those. I think so. But just putting that out there, um, if you get confused, because they have different names, I feel like it's a little confusing. But um, we were talking about whether you would need ink and gold or celestia, which is another lovely little push your luck game with the most beautiful little like what is that thing of it's an airship oh yeah it's an airship <laughs> yeah it's it, it's it's a steam powered wooden airship it's yeah. it's great it's adorable <laughs> and i think i mean celestia has a little more opportunities for take that mechanics although i when i say whenever i say that i always want to clarify it's not overdone like, I don't like take-that-card games. It's because, not a harsh mechanic. You know, it's just very, very, a couple of take-that-cards thrown in. So it's enough to be fun, but not enough to be truly frustrating. Yeah. But they're both adorable, atmospheric, fun little push-your-luck games. And honestly, if I had both in my collection, I would be happy. I'm sure I'll play them both. You probably don't need both, but 
I mean, you can't go wrong. The one thing that I think would really alter the calculation for me is that Ink and Gold is a faster setup and it takes up less space on the table. I want to say that Ink and Gold is also harder to get your hands on. Um, mm. Well, yes, you have to go through that. a temple to get it. <laughs> Full of hazards. For some reason, I thought that only Diamant was being published in the United States, but I could be wrong. So definitely double check on Amazon, because unlike our regular scheduled uh, shows, I will not be posting show notes with all the links to the games we talk about. Well, and if you, uh, what the artifact cards add is, uh, it, it's not much of a difference, but artifact cards can only be picked up if you choose to leave the temple. But not if multiple um, people leave at the same time. And so it incentivizes more people to duck out early, and that's just super funny, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's one of those things where if, that ha if that's not in the game, then leaving the temple becomes a lot worse. But with the artifacts in, sometimes it's actually a really good move to leave. But then if you get the thing where everybody decides to do that, then one player can just be left in a totally safe temple alone and just rake in all of the treasure. And that's your fault, because you let it happen. You yeah. know? <laughs> so. so, I mean, I think we continued to stick mostly in the play and win yesterday. Um, there's just... As we said in our first mini so there's so many good games in the play and win, but we're kind of wrapping up the the games that are on our must playlist. We still haven't played Vast. We still haven't played Scythe. And we still haven't played Terraforming Mars. Yes, all of which are in the play and win. There were a couple in the play and win that I honestly just wanted to bang out a game of to see if we could win them. Yeah, um, Celestia is in the play and win. I would like to play it again. Onitama is in the play and win, and that's just uh, that's just such an elegant little game and just such a good looking set of components. Yeah. Um, Even Sushi Go Party. I mean, that is such an adorable game. I have the base Sushi Go, but you have Sushi Go Party, and I love it. Sushi Go Party is great fun. That's an excellent game. Well, so those are some of our plans for today. We're going to be <laughs> trying to get on those. Also, we keep looking for Burgle Brothers in the library. We know it's there. It was there at one point, but we were playing something else, and then it ran off. Well, and that was the one time it was there. It was between that and Arkham Horror, and you very graciously let me have my pick. So. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, we didn't want to just grab a bunch of games and hoard them like, no. you know, Poor sports squirrels. <laughs> I like to think we're both good sports. I think so. Um, but hopefully we'll get to play Burglar Brothers again today. Um, I did check out, and then we held hands really late last night, and because we were playing Battlestar Galactica, we didn't get there. So I'm excited to try that one because I hear it's a very unusual game. It is a difficult game, and I think one of the, you know, the, you hear back and forth on whether or not... So, and then we held hands is a, is a very small but very difficult cooperative game for two players and it sort of abstractly themed around two players trying to fix a damaged relationship <laughs> i'm so, excited because i'm hoping i might be able to use it in counseling sessions so we'll have to see well and the thing is it's not a storytelling game but i think people have unfairly criticized it as therefore not telling a story and i still think it does tell a kind of story but in the way that like a ballet or a dance might mm. it doesn't have any you know it, the text on it is very simple it just has the names of emotions and you're working on this kind of abstract board where they sort of tell you what the things symbolize. 
And I think when you play, you don't necessarily imagine a specific story, but I think you definitely reflect on, at least when I play, I catch myself kind of reflecting on these different emotions and what they mean and how they all work together to make a balanced relationship. Because it does this interesting thing of you've got your positive relation, your positive emotions and your negative emotions, but you can't go too far out of balance. I'm really excited to try it. So if you want to hear our thoughts on And Then We Held Hands, you're just going to have to wait until we post our next mini-sode Probably late tonight. Um, I don't think we're going to be staying up until four in the morning, the second <laughs> night in a row. Although you never know at a convention. You know, I I wonder because now we're just kind of we're just kind of on the schedule. Well, that's and true. Go bigger, go home. I would I wouldn't say no to a marathon. I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to play the same game for five hours again, unless yeah. it's Twilight Imperium. Although, I know, I know how much playing? you're excited to play Mage Knight at some point, so who well, knows? Well, if that doesn't have... I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you owe me a game of Mage Knight. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a, a debt I am happy to have with you. But that doesn't have to happen right now, and that's one that I'm sure... That's one that I'm sure uh, my wife would be happy to jump in on as well. So we'll nice. we'll make that happen. So that's just got to be an evening where we get ourselves a bottle of wine and have a nice dinner and just go wizard crazy. A small, just you know, a small group going kind of slow and taking our time and just kind of you know playing with toys. <laughs> All right. Well, until we speak to you again, hopefully tonight, we wish you good friends and good games and goodbye. goodbye.